You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Katayama, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi iwame ni sakaya, but what is exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my good guests. My guest today is Maurice Dudley, who is an awamori specialist based in Okinawa. Awamori is a very important traditional alcohol beverage from Okinawa Prefecture, but its preciousness is yet to be known outside Japan. Maurice went to Japan for the first time in 1994 as an airman. He was stationed at a U.S. military base in Okinawa and fell in love with awamori. Since then, he has continued to deepen his knowledge of and passion for awamori, and now he owns an awamori bar and trading company, Blue Habu, in Okinawa City. So today we'll discuss how Maurice discovered the charm of awamori, what awamori is and difference between shochu, how to drink awamori, the latest of the awamori industry, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan is available on the Heritage Radio Net- Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. And uh, one quick another announcement. So we are running the summer fundraiser. So um, Heritage Radio Network, or HRN, is a not-for-profit organization, and we run over 35 member-supported weekly podcasts to empower the world through food. And this month, we are asking you to join us. By supporting HRN during this membership drive, you'll become a part of our community. And so please go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become an HRN member today. And thanks to an anonymous donor, all donations coming in through the end of uh, July, from now to July 31st, will be matched up to $10,000. So now it's time to reach out to, to your networks. And as a thank you for your tax-deductible donation, you can receive a regional swag as well. And again, the web address is heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. And thank you so much. All right, so let's start a conversation with Maurice Dudley. Hello, Maurice. Welcome back to uh, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. So, yeah, you're in Okinawa, and uh, thank you for staying up so late as well. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, first, uh, to get to know you, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up? Oh, okay. I, I grew up in New Mexico. My, my dad was uh, also in the Air Force, and that's... Uh, Where he was stationed when I was a, a youngster, <laughs> I grew up there. And my mom was from is from、uh, South Carolina, so we basically ate, ate、uh, Southern foods,、uh, popular foods in the southern parts of the United States. 
Mm. It was a little bit of, you know, of course, Mexican food as well, growing up in New Mexico. So right. a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, considering where you are. So by the way, how, how long have you been in Okinawa at this point? Uh, 27 years. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Actually longer than I've been in the United States. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Okinawa <laughs> officially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So and then you went to Japan for the first time as an airman. Uh, and was stationed in Okinawa. So how did you like it for the first time you went from, you know, it was the first time 27 years ago. So did you like Japan and Okinawa Uh, right away? uh, Right away, it was, of of course, very different from growing up in the desert of New Mexico. And, you know, it was, it's one of those uh, expectations versus reality things that I, I experienced firsthand, you know, growing up, I was kind of fascinated with uh, other cultures and Asian culture specifically from, you know, Discovery Channel, National Geographic, you know, that was the days before we had internet, you know, we actually went to the library to look up stuff. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the the television was, was pumping out cool shows on Discovery. And so when I got here, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Japan. I'm, I'm expecting, you know, Osaka, Kyoto, Nagoya, but I get here and it's like, this is uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much concrete. Uh, buildings were all, you know, built with concrete instead of wood, wooden structures. So it's like, where am, what is this now? Okinawa, <laughs> this isn't Japan, but okay, it's cool. Right. It was still, still something totally different from what I was used to, you know. Mm. So. Right. I'm sure you impressed by the beautiful beach. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, and then uh, you were stationed, but after the end of your assignment, you managed to stay in Japan. So how did you do that, and why did you want to stay in Japan? Yes, uh, in the the Air Force, uh, it it may be different from other uh, branches of the military, but in the Air Force, we were able to separate on island, uh, which is, you know, basically you're doing the paperwork uh, to separate from the military, but you're allowed to stay uh, on the island as opposed to going back to the United States to do the paperwork. So uh, it was, for me, the process was fairly easy because I was uh, in college studying Asian studies, by the way, <laughs> and I was employed, a part-time job. So, I, you know, I had something to, to show that I had a plan when I was getting out, it wasn't just I was going to live under the bridge or in front of Lawson. <laughs> you know, I actually had a plan, and it made it. I made it sound good. You ha- I had to write a letter and everything, and they approved it. I was like, "All right, sweet. I don't have to go back to the U.S." Because mm. I, I was, I would really wanted to stay a little bit longer. Right. And you know, here I am, twenty-seven years later. Right. But, well, I didn't know that you uh, could uh, get a part-time job as you were in the military. Well, I was working um, for the military. Oh, right. Okay. So that that helped. You know, I was able to show that, yeah, I'm actually have a a plan for what I want to do. And I actually had a a part-time job. So that helped. Mm. So just you're curious, just wanted to stay in foreign culture. That's why you wanted to stay there? Uh, I think so, yes. I was at that time, I was, like I said, I was studying Asian studies. So it just really felt where I need, I felt comfortable being here because I was trying to learn Japanese a little bit more 
this is actually the second time, my second time. The first time I was here for two years, I left, went back to, I went to North Carolina. Mm. And then I had an opportunity to come back. And I came back and I said, okay, the second time I'm going to actually study Japanese. Because I saw that how beneficial it was if you actually spoke a little bit. Mm. <laughs> and I was able to, you know, or able to order my favorite booze in Japanese. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to study a little bit more. Right. So. Okay. And then, so obviously, uh, you liked Awamori. That was a part of the reason you wanted to be in Japan. But how did you discover Awamori? And what was your first impression? I think uh, just hanging out with uh, Japanese friends, uh, they would introduce me to, you know, the izakaya. I had never heard of, you know, been to an izakaya before. So it was hanging out with them and drinking with them. I was typically the only American. So it, my, my favorite thing at the time was umeshu, you know, the plum wine. So I would drink the plum wine and they would say, why are you drinking that? That's more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, I thought we could drink whatever we want. Yeah, but why don't you try beer or try some awamori? I was like, well, what's awamori? I know from the I know from the clubs, um, the free awamori. Like they're saying, no, no, this is this is different. You have a choice of you see the bottles there, and they will kind of break it down to me. And then that's when I learned about awamori and then the different styles of enjoying awamori different types of drinks that you can enjoy. Mm, right. So for listeners who are not familiar with umeshu, umeshu is like a much sweeter um, plum um, drink. And uh, it's completely, it's not the mainstream uh, wine, uh, drink. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting. You came uh, with entrance of umeshu and then went into Mawari, which is yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think at that young age, I didn't really care for beer. Um, so it was, it was, like you said, umishu, it was really sweet. So I said, okay, let me try it. That was my go-to mm. was plum wine on the rocks. Right. Hold on. That sounds, yeah. sounds good too. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I heard that you are pretty, um, you know, curious about new culture. So other, uh, Air Force members were hanging around with them themselves, but, you just tried to venture out, and then you made friends in Japan, right? Right, right, yeah. Right. So you're, by nature, a very curious person. I really admire. Yeah, I think, yeah, just trying to do diff different things and, you know, experience. Because I, I, I felt like if you're going to live in a foreign country, why, why not, you know, learn about as much as you can mm. about the culture? Right, yeah. yeah. I totally, 100% agree. I, I still feel that way, so. Mm. Right. <laughs> oh no, that's what you do now. Is what you do now. So, right, right. right. So we're going to talk about what you do now in a moment. But uh, let's talk about awamori mm -hmm. first because uh, most of our listeners have no idea what awamori is. So, so mm. um, what is awamori, and what is the difference between shochu? Uh, awamori is Okinawa's indigenous spirits. Uh, it dates back to what. 14th century, so about over 600 years of history, and it's it's how can I describe it? It's made with co black koji uh, rice, and ye you know of course yeast and water, 
And it's really, it's, the ingredients are basically that's it, you know, and that's the difference, I think, with uh, shochu. Is shochu, you have, what, uh, white koji and yellow koji that can also be used. But there are also uh, additional ingredients in the second uh, stage of fermentation that they add to shochu. For example, a sweet potato, uh, brown sugar, uh, barley. But those cannot be added to uh, ryukyu awamori, traditional awamori. Mm. That's, I think, the biggest, the biggest difference. Right. Yeah, and it, well, the historically, you know, Okinawa was kind of, it belonged to Japan, but back again and not. And then there's like very global, yeah. um, right. complicated uh, region. Um, right. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, officially last time was returned to Japan in 1972 or something. So, yes. right, so it's a very beautiful culture and it's very independent. And of course, the climate is very different. So, yeah, mm. and the awamori is made with Thai rice, which is like, what? Because <laughs> Japan is famous yeah. for Japanese yeah, yeah. rice. So there's a reason, right, right for say, using Thai rice, because the whole production of that distilled beverage came from the South, not uh, developed in Japan like shochu. So, mm. yeah. And then, yes. right, and then the krokoji, and the koji is the mold that's used to ferment everything delicious in Japanese cuisine. But I yes. heard kokoji is good to kill bac bacteria. And, yes. right? and whereas um, I think if you go up to north, like the sake rice is made with shokoji, uh, kikoji, um, because they don't need that strong uh, bacteria killer like kokoji. Um, so there's like a reason and it was developed yes. uniquely. Right. Yes. Right. That's the the citric acid that's present in uh, kuro koji, and it's needed because of the higher, like you said, the higher temperatures here and humidity mm. here in Okinawa. Right. Yeah. And then the shochu um, can be made with kuro koji, uh, shokoji, mm. which is a I think mutation of kuro koji, I guess, and kikoji. It's like three, you know, different colors of koji that's used to make delicious alcoholic beverages in Japan. But yes, yes. Aomori is only kokoji. So that's like quite interesting um, geographical mm. reason. Right. Yes. And uh, so what about the alcohol percentage? Uh, for the most part, uh, you're looking at uh, the low end, maybe 20% alcohol and up to 44% alcohol by volume. According to Japanese uh, law, anything below 45% uh, ABV can be called awamori. Above 45, it's uh, spirits. Mm. So it can no longer be considered awamori if it's above 45. Right. So, yeah, the average is just so like 30, 40? 30, uh, yes, around 30 to 40 is, is about average for our morning. Mm, right, because the shochu is, uh, what I heard is 80% of shochu in the market is 25% alcohol, right? So it's much higher. Um, okay, and then, um, so what is the history? You said that it started in 14th century? Uh, for Aomori, yes. Uh, 
and I think because of that, the the reason for that is because uh, Okinawa or that time there, during that era, it was known as the Ryukyu Kingdom. Uh, Ryukyu Kingdom was a tributary of China, so a lot of that trade and know-how came from from that region, uh, and and because of the you know the tributary relationship of going to China and hosting Chinese dignitaries here in um, Okinawa. They were trading. They, Aomori was a trade commodity. So especially the kusu, uh, aged Aomori, was really uh, highly valued at that time. Mm. E- even now, kusu is some of the, the better Aomori. Right. Even now, so, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so... Well, again, this is a reflection of a complicated history of Okinawa or Ryukyu Island back then. So, yeah, I'm curious, you know, along with this um, Thai rice, uh, probably, I, what I heard is um, the, there's a sake called Laoran in Thailand, and then that looks similar to this. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like another complicated, <laughs> interesting history of Aomori. But uh, traditionally, I mean, Awamori has to be made with Thai rice by definition, right? Uh, not necessarily. Oh. I thought so too, but it doesn't have to be made with Thai rice. As a matter of fact, there's uh, one in Ishigaki that uses Ishigaki-grown rice. Huh, interesting. What, what many, most of the Awamori distilleries do use Thai rice because it, it, it stands up well to black koji and the temperatures here in Okinawa. But it, it's not required. It's the, the, the main requirements are, of course, kurokoji, and it has to be made in Okinawa uh, and distilled once, I think, mm. is, you know, as opposed to, you know, multiple distillations. Right. Well, I, yeah, so the Thai rice versus Japanese rice, which is short grain, and Thai rice is like uh, what's called indica rice, so it's longer. Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, so the black koji likes to stick to that long grain. <laughs> yes, yes. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the whole, I, I could just go into all the, the how the koji grows in the long rice or whatever. I'm just so super yeah, curious. You're, 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 you're like going out. I can, I, can, I can sense a question that I won't be able to answer. I'll be like, um, <laughs> I have to get back with you on yeah. that one. Okay. But yeah, you're right. No, yeah. Right. So we'll come back with the sequel. <laughs> Sometimes. <Yeah. soon. laughs> I have to study up. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and then because, you know, sake rice is very nice scientifically technologically yeah. developed and then the, the grain of rice, how do you polish it down and how you make the yields higher or how... Good point. Right, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just super curious now. So I'm just warning you, next time you come back, you're going to talk about it. Um, yeah. Right, so... Um, yeah, so the, you mentioned the kusu. So is it very popular? Mm-hmm. It's a, What is kusu and how popular is it? Oh, yes, it is very popular. So, so you know... Standard Awamori is once it's distilled and bottled, it's pretty much sold as is. But uh, kusu is when they actually age the Awamori, and they can age it in in multiple types of vessels as long as it's aged over three years is considered a kusu. So 
traditionally they use uh, clay jars, clay pots to age aomori, and that's where all the the flavors are coming off. It's similar to cask aging for whiskey. So all those flavors are coming off the cask, whereas in aomori, it's coming off of that clay pot or wherever you're aging it in. But you can also age it in. Um, there are some aomori blends that are aged in wooden uh, cask, uh, bur ex-bourbon cask, and then they're blended with st standard aomori. There's also the steel, steel tank aged aomori. And that's just because of the capacity. I think most of the distilleries are using those big steel tanks now because you can put more in it, mm. you know, and age age more of it. But yes, Kusu is very popular. It's, of course, a little bit more expensive than the standard Paul Morty, but the taste, you know, is much better. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm speaking uh, biased, but it's much better for me personally. Interesting. Yeah, so I happen to taste um, clay aged shochu and uh mm. oh they're not uh aomori, but clay i i did a compare side by side and clay mm -hmm. aged one has much milder kind of mm. like a rounded texture i don't know why because of the air like very tiny right. air circulation going on when you're aging like three five years so right. yeah so yeah i mean you know kusu it's, it's if it's popular if you go to a bar or retail shops do you easily find kusu i yeah i would i would say yes it is it is fairly easy mm. to locate and pick out it's, okay but... and it, yes and of course the you know of course it needs to be labeled as kusu so it is you know it's labeled in the, in the kanji mm. uh old old sake right so yeah Right. If you know what you're looking for, then yes. If it could be a it could be a challenge if you don't know, but <laughs> right, yeah. But it's not bad. It's that, like, was, yeah. that was that was part of my motivation for studying Japanese, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're a very precious, um, you know, Awamori language yeah. speaker as well as Japanese language speaker, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So okay, because when last time I went to. Um, uh, Okinawa, the first time, last time, it was the same time. I, I didn't know too much about Awamori, but uh, I, right, I didn't yeah. actively try to find a kusu, so definitely sounds like um, it's amazing. So you, do you think the roundness of the taste is better than regular, younger Awamori? I, I, I would say yes, because there, there are, depending on the region, you know, some regions have really robust tasting Awamori, uh, especially like Miyako Island or, you know, I, I mentioned Ishigaki as well. Those kind of are, are, are I would say, are harder flavor, har harsh, harsher flavor. Mm. But once you um, age them, it kind of matures, it kind of mellows out that that harshness. And it's more of a, a rounded flavor. And you could taste a lot of the, I wouldn't say f some some kind of, vanilla flavor maybe toffee flavors coming off of that mm. uh the aging process okay Where, whereas uh shochu is more uh floral you know you get some floral or uh some other other notes that aren't really picked up in all what aging mm. right that's probably it comes from a unique uh tie rice and a black koji yes yes i think it's a 
combination of all of those. Right. It's interesting, right? Because shochu and awamori tend to be like, you know, combined together called awamori slash shochu or shochu slash awamori. But obviously they are distinctive from how it's made, how the ingredients. And like you said, kosu, kusu is not so much uh, a big deal uh, in shochu. So... Mm, yes, right. yes. Okay, so we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll discuss how to drink Aomori. So please stay with okay. us. Okay. <laughs> Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. The knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American. And that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Koen's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the Welsh natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Koen is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit koen.com. Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. HRN is dedicated to amplifying voices from all across our food system. Today, I'm asking listeners to take part in our summer membership drive by helping sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, you can receive some great HRN swag, including the HRN cap, wine carrier, or a special spice set from Burlap and Barrel. By becoming a member, you'll play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support. All right, so welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats on HRN or Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Aki Katema, and my guest today is Maurice Dudley, who is an awamori specialist based in Okinawa Prefecture. So, uh, so how do you describe the taste of awamori? Like you said, oh. kusu is you know kind of like a camely kind of things. But uh, when you pick up a fresh bottle of awamori, uh, how do you describe it? And are there many flavor variations depending on the labels too? Uh, I think I, I think mo- a lot of the awamoris are because they're all made the same. They're similar flavors. Um, you know, of, you're, of course, it's a rice-based spirit, so you're getting that that rice flavor. But the the Thai rice, I, I wouldn't say there's so much a difference between the rice flavor. It's just the uh, I think the mouthfeel and the, the texture-wise is definitely different compared to uh, Japanese uh, rice-based spirits, uh, if that makes any sense. Because there, I, I mentioned. Uh, the Ishigaki grown rice, awamori, it seems to be softer mouthfeel uh, when you're drinking it uh, as opposed to other standard uh, awamoris out there. 
Mm. Right. Oh, this, by the way, so the Okinawa mm-hmm. Prefecture, it, Okinawa Islands. Yes. So, yeah, it's to, to be aware of the difference between different islands. That's important. This sounds like many flavored variations depending on yes. which island it's made. Yes. Right. Yes. And even within on the Okinawa main island, you know, you have the the regional. So you have the southern tip of the island and you have the central part and then northern parts of island. They're all they all have their unique ways of you know, it, whether it's the fermentation phase or, you know, the timing of when they, they how long they let the koji sit on the rice. Mm-hmm. Um, all that's kind of specific to each distillery. Uh, because there's there's only so many things that they can do with awamori anyway. So it's like it, we can use different yeast or different time frame, maybe it's some, some water differences to add that little unique flavor mm, right. to, make, to make our brand stand out from everyone else's. Interesting. Yeah, so um, I think the, the long rice tend to be, what I heard, this is what I heard. So quinoa fruit tend to be rich and thicker. And then um, to pair with it, the refreshing awamori taste and flavor are very yes. good with that. Yes. You know, so quinoa yeah, it, yes, in Okinawa cuisine, we do eat a lot of greasy foods, <laughs> a lot of uh, pork-based foods. So we need to cut that uh, with awamori, of course. That's I think that's why it's it tends to be a higher alcohol percentage that people want. You know, a, a popular way to enjoy awamori here in Okinawa is mizuwari or mixing with water. And a lot of times when I mention that to uh, Westerner friends, they're like, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> because it's just not something you do with other, with probably with no other spirits besides shochu. Um, it's just not really something. So when you're eating with a meal or it, consuming with a meal, you're mixed with water. And I usually start off with 30% almorty. Um, 70% water. And then, you know, towards the end of the night, you're doing 50 50. Hmm. And then, or you may be doing 70% of already 30% water, you know. Right. Well, um, it's a very uh, civilized, yeah. controlled way to increase, gradually increase alcohol. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that's part of the, for me, that's part of the, the joy and, you know, the, the draw of drinking Aomori. It's kind of versatile in that you can add water or you know add a, a slice of lemon or add chikwasa the, the local lime the local citrus here in okinawa you add some of that to it there's also a uh, popular especially with the older the older men is they like to drink it with milk <laughs> yeah i've heard of that Wow. Or with black coffee. Yeah, black coffee is also really popular. Huh. As, as a matter of fact, when you order awamori at Izakaya, they automatically bring an ice pail and, you know, a, a jug of water. Because they, they assume that that's how you're going to be drinking it. And then you can also ask for uh, jasmine tea. You can ask for udon tea, you know, to mix with it. So it's pretty versatile in that. Mm. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned actually, um, you know, Mr. 
pork is famous and shikwasa is a very unique citrus. Um, yes. Right? So Okinawa is rich in local um, ingredients as well as the style of cuisine. So, mm. yeah, and the interesting thing, well, you mentioned shochu and awamori are usually mixed with water. And it's, it's not just like, you know, <laughs> tap water just pouring over <laughs> it's more a yeah. cocktail <laughs> delicacy in it <laughs> yeah right 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 so and also i, I don't know if you do an awamori um with oyuari oyuari is uh, it's kind of japanese unique japanese way to Whoa. add hot water or like warm water in with you know they are mixed uh, with alcohol delicate alcohol yes right and it really makes it more flavorful because of the temperature and alcohol comes out so it, I, it's not really a, a, to be honest oyuari is not really a thing in okinawa but of course there are it is available but you know most of the time it's already hot yeah. <laughs> so we're like just give me some ice and some water right <laughs> um, you know or so I think uh, nowadays, soda, uh, and soda water mm. is really popular. So uh, you know, an Aomori highball is really popular now. Okay, and by the way, you mentioned shikwasa. That's a uh, yes. uh, unique citrus from Okinawa. And uh, how do you describe the taste uh, compared to something like lime or lemon or yuzu? <sighs> yeah, I think it would be closer to yuzu than than anything. It's it's weird. It's kind of a a cross between the lemon and lime. Uh, it's it's really small compared to either of those fruits. Um, uh, yeah, I think it'd be closer to yuzu flavor. Mm, but it's not Is yuzu. A, yeah, I think. But it's not definitely not. I think that personally, it's more delicate than yuzu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it's like yeah, a more yeah. subtle, and you you want to put it everywhere, anywhere, because it's such a refreshing and a slightly sweet, but not right. as biting as lemon or. I mean, yuzu is mild, but even milder than yuzu. So, yeah, yeah. Right, oh, lucky you have shikwasa everywhere, and. Yeah, but it, but it's kind of seasonal, so it's like you got to be. Um, I don't even know the the season, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to find it when it when it grows and it's harvested, you know. Right. Then you can pick it up fresh. You do see a lot of uh, extract now that you can buy at, at any time of the year. Mm, right. I think it's the summer is the peak, and then you have a break, um, like yes. early spring. So, yeah. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Right, and um, so okay, then. Uh, so how how do you, I mean, you know, this kind of a silly question maybe, but uh, how do you like awamori compared to other alcoholic beverages? Because you, you could drink, you know, whiskey or gin or anything else, but what's, what is special to you personally about awamori? I, I think it's the fact that you, you can add water to it, like, or you can, if I feel I, I just want to drink it on the rocks, that's totally doable, you know. And or I, I can add some water, or I can add some soda water. Whereas if if you're drinking a bourbon or a whiskey, it's, you're kind of limited to what you would be able to do with it. And th throughout the night, I don't think you're going to be like sipping on it 
all night. Whereas with Awamori, I could totally, I could probably kill half a bottle, mm. you know, just with some water. Right. Because uh, it's more neutral. Like, you know, mm. the other gin or, I mean, vodka, it's like multi multiple uh, distillation doesn't leave you right. much of flavor, but it's more like alcohol kick. But um, yeah, it sounds like Aomori's unique um, taste can mm -hmm. make you feel happy and you never get bored, but it doesn't interrupt. Um, you, you don't get tired of it. Right. And I, I think also, I don't, I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but you, I think you have less of a hangover the next day because you're mixing it with water or, you know, yeah, most of the, most of the time I'm mixing it with water. So you're, you, I'm rehydrating at the same time. Mm, right. And of course, Whereas if you, yeah. Yeah. And then I eat with right. food that helps. Right. Right. At the same time. So like if I were drinking a beer all night, you know, I would definitely be feeling that in the morning. It'd be sitting in my stomach. Mm. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'd, I'd be hating life. Right. And then Okinawa, of course, you know, the blue zone um, idea of people on Earth who live longer, uh, there are five regions called like blue zones, and Okinawa is one of them. So I'm not sure mm. Omori is contributing to the lengthy life of people, lengthy, <laughs> the healthy and lengthy life of people. So maybe, yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, so, uh, our listeners include people in the beverage industry. So, uh, for bartenders, uh, mixologists, what is the advantage of using Aomori in the cocktails? Uh, I think it, it it won't really overpower the the mixers. It, it mixes well with basically any mixture. So, if you're if you're if you're reaching for a bottle of gin, you know you have to think about how much juniper it has and, and other spices that it has in it and what can you can pair with it. Whereas with Awamori, you don't really have so, so much complex, uh, complex ingredients in there. There are none. So you're just, mm. what you have is what you get and it doesn't overpower anything. Right. Okay. So, right. So the, as, as far as I can think of, Aomori is very regional, terroir-driven drink, and then yes. very delicate, flavorful, yet you never get tired of it and healthier option, and you feel better next yes, day. It, it, <laughs> yes, it has, it has been said to have been a healthier option, yes. Mm, right, okay. And do you know what? When I was in Okinawa and I went to um supermarket, there's like tens and almost hundreds of labels. So uh, how many Aomori distilleries exist? There are 47 active distilleries uh, between, you know, Okinawa main island and the outlining islands. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Well, considering how big Okinawa yeah. prefecture is. So, yeah, um, yeah. And then each distillery, I would imagine, makes it a multiple labels, so... Yes, of, you know, of course they have their flagships uh, brands, but then they also make, um, you know, less uh, smaller brands off of that. And there are uh, beginning to make, well, they've always been making a lot of liqueurs, but I think 
you see a lot more liqueurs nowadays. Mm, right. Uh, Our based. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. So the so is the number of distilleries increasing or decreasing? I don't I don't think they are decreasing yet, but uh, perhaps in the future there they have been getting uh, the is a, a tax break a tax uh, relief from the Japanese government, and that's supposed to end in 2026, I believe. So I'm wondering what that that effect will have on active distilleries because it'll cost more to produce Aomori at that point, I assume. So, mm, right. But at the at the moment, you know, I don't I don't see a, a decrease. Right. Well, I, I think my imagination, my prediction is that you know UNESCO uh, gave Japanese cuisine as uh, the uh, the intangible heritage status in I think 2013. So I don't think they're gonna stop doing that. And because Aomori is such a beautiful traditional. Um, product and uh, I mean Japanese sake has been promoted shoju now being promoted mm -hmm. and why not awamori right it's just so so unique so precious so right. yeah okay and uh, so by the way um, do you have any uh, good examples of awamori based cocktails you've tasted um, I, I would say it goes well with any basic citrus based um, so any, basically any fruit-based um, cocktail. But I also like the what I call awagroni. It's the, basically the negroni, but you substitute the gin with awamori. Mm. Yeah, I enjoy that because I like negroni anyway. So, you know, it just really goes well with uh, awamori, especially a lot of the kusu awamori. It has, you know, some of the additional flavors, mm, right. natural, natural flavors, I would say. Mm, right. Yeah, Negroni. I like Negroni, too, and that kind of slight bitterness and sweetness, mm -hmm. so that can work together. Right, right. 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 Okay. And uh, so now I'm going to talk about your uh, cool business. So in 2016, uh -oh. <laughs> you founded your own company, Blue Habu yes. Trade Group. Yes. So what is your business? Blue Hava, uh, it's basically an import-export business uh, that I just kind of jumped right into. I, I didn't really, you know, I, I did a lot of thinking back and forth. Should I do it? Maybe I shouldn't, you know. And I said, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so I jumped in. Yeah, because I, I was just like, I just keep talking about it. I'm not going to do anything. So <laughs> uh, at the time, when I was thinking about starting my own business, import-export, a friend of mine was into home brewing. He was a home brewer and he was leaving Okinawa going back to the to the US. And he said, You should look in the craft beer. And I well, I've heard I know of craft beer and I like you know, I like alcohol. So let me look into what, what's required to import alcohol or and to re retail alcohol. So yeah, I picked up a license for that and um I've basically started importing right away in 2016 after I got the license. Yeah. Mm, right. So, what kind of um, products do you import and export? 
Mm. So I import uh, from import spirits from Sri Lanka, Peru, and South Africa, and I imported uh, wine from France. I've experienced in that as well. Mm. And as far as exporting, I have I have experienced exporting uh, Alamorti actually to the to California, and uh, we uh, involved in a project to export. Uh, Japanese sake to India. So I'm looking forward to getting that underway. Oh, wow. Interesting. And it's, I'm looking at actually your website. You have a very good products. And is that um, how you chose? You like them and you really decided to sell them? Because <laughs> very cool products. Yeah. yeah uh, mo- the majority of, you know, the products that I have posted are my self-import. Uh, but there are some, especially some whiskeys, that I also kind of just threw up there also because I, I figure I have a website. I might as well put more up there. Um, but primarily, it's the products that I that I self import that I, I need to put post up. Uh, it, yeah, it was kind of if I like it, then I can I can kind of talk about it. You know, if I don't know anything about it, it doesn't pick up my interest. So. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the way to go. And I really like that. Before you thought about it, you started the business. And I I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, I should learn so much. Like, you know, you tend to think too much and then not doing it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I did my, my years of thinking. So <laughs> eventually you got to do it, you know. Right. That's true. Um, okay. And then, um, so you said you are exporting Aomori to um, California, but... Is that something um, well received because people don't know much about Aomori? It was a uh, no. It was a like a, it's kind of sporadic. Um, it's not an ongoing project, but uh, when we do have a request for it, then yeah, we 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 fill it at that time. So it's been a while. It's been you know, especially you know because of COVID, kind of slows everything down as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there is a new uh, law uh, just introduced on July 1st in New York. Now, shochu can be sold as shochu as far as alcohol level is 24% or less. So I'm expecting shochu is going to be more popular because it used to be sold under soju, which is Korean beverage, which is like a national prize issue. But now a lot of uh, shochu producers don't have that identity issue. So they start selling shochu in this, in New York, I, I'd assume. So, right. and that said, shochu already is popular in certain bars in America because Scott Barton has decided to look for something interesting and the shochu works well. But Good advantage of Awamori is that Awamori has a high alcohol, which is important for bartenders, right? In mixing in their cocktails, they don't, they cannot get buried in other flavors. So, yeah, Awamori really think has a strategic advantage um, as Japanese traditional beverage. So, I hope your export business of Awamori is going to thrive sometime very soon. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I, I think we will see uh, more uh, lower ABV Aomori as a result of 
that the new law. Mm. Because hopefully it's not just New York. Hopefully other states will pick up on it. And then we may see, we already do have uh, lower ABV of already 25%. I've seen 15%. Mm. Um, so I think the distilleries may be looking to do that, you know, offer a lower ABV because of that. And also I think we, we, we see uh, events, especially for younger female audience here in Okinawa kind to try to get them interested in Aomori. So, because traditionally it was the old Oji-san go-to drink. <laughs> right. you know, old be, man's be, drink. Be, oh, oh, the old man, old man like me, that was our drink. <laughs> and everyone else was turned off by it. But now we see uh, the younger female audience uh, gravitating towards uh, kind of the uh, lower ABV, and some of the liqueur, uh, already based liqueurs that are available. Mm, right. I mean, you know, looking back, sake used to be just until recently the old man's drink. Then now it's mm. it's a, such a cool, sophisticated yeah. drink. So, yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. And I think you are the key person to make it happen as a cool drink. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So the uh, your other business. Uh, within the business, mm-hmm. you have you own a bar, right? Called Blue Habu in Okinawa City. Yeah, kind yes, kind of. Okay. It's a, it's a, it is a bar, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not a fully stocked or fully operated full time thing. It's a it's a location that I have that I can host events. Uh, I can do. I wanted to do like tastings. My my dream one day is to do a sake shochu aomori tasting event, mm. where I can. I think there are a lot of people who don't know the difference between the three, right? Mm. Um, even you know, I can I can remember a time where I didn't know the difference either. So I'm sure there are other Americans here who don't know what. So what's the difference between sake shochu and aomori? What what is that? So just to have a place that I can do things like that and say. This is sake. This is shochu. This is a kusu aomori, you know. Right. I think would be it would be interesting. Totally. I I wish you can just bring that idea to the states when you promote aomori because that's I never seen that. But yeah, that's a very yeah, very I, good way to promote. I, th- I think it's yeah yeah it's a good way to look at it instead of like doing just sake just shochu. It would those are all good, but let's put them together and then. Mm. And, and do experiences that way as well. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Well, keep me posted. That sounds amazing. So. Yeah. Okay. See now. Now I have to do it. Now that I said it. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> you do it. Right. I, I said it out loud. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. We yeah. have listeners uh, in 190 countries, so you can go back. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So that's what Blue Hapu, the location, uh, the physical location is. Um, it also allows me to to sell retail uh, from that location. So. Mm, right. So that's in Okinawa City, right? Oh, yes, Okinawa City. Right. So within the main island of Okinawa. Right. Okay. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you there next time I go to Okinawa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Definitely. Right. And so what are your plans and dreams? Uh, um, 
I, I think I, I'm, I'm on the right track, but I, I definitely have a lot to learn still about the, you know, doing business in Japan, about Aomori, and definitely uh, I need to boost my Japanese speaking ability mm. and reading, especially reading in Japanese, you know. Right. Well, but do you enjoy that? I, yeah, I do enjoy it. Um, but I make mistakes every day, but I, I don't let those mistakes, you know, pull me down. It's like, it's like you have to try, you know, if I don't try, I'll never get any better. So I think that would be a goal for me is to improve that, uh, the Japanese speaking ability and to be able to, to reach more people. Mm, right. Yeah, I think um, language is just language. It's just a tool, but through learning language, you really get to know what's behind, right? right. So that's awesome. Right. right. Well, my Japanese, if I, uh, you ask me, you know, write by hand kanji and completed mm-hmm. kanji, I used to remember, like, my hand remembers, but it's like, well, I'm so used to typing. I'm probably yeah. have to restudy Japanese kanji, like complicated ones. Like, what? How do I spell it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, do you sometimes come back to the States? Uh, it's been a while since I've been back. You know, before, before the pandemic, you know, it was probably the last time mm-hmm. that I was there. Uh, but I would, I would like to get back here and participate in some of the events the you know the industry-wide events that i think someone representing awamori should be you know involved in in some of those Mm, right i strongly agree and i hope i can see you here in new york too because there's a potential and there's so many japanese restaurants looking for good products Mm. and i think awamori needs a place to shine as they should be in okinawa so um yeah, it's just that uh, what you do is just amazing. So, yeah, good luck. Thank you. And so where can we find your updates online and on social media? Uh, I think that I'm pretty active on Instagram, at Bluehabu, is B-L-U-E-H-A-B-U. And on Facebook, it's at Bluehabu Trade. Um, Facebook and Twitter also, okay. Bluehabu Trade. Yeah. Right. So those are the. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but uh, by the way, what is habu? H a b u. Oh yeah, we, we we didn't talk about that. H a b u habu, habu is the uh, indigenous snake pit viper here in Okinawa. Mm. Have you, if you're familiar with habu sake, people a lot of people are familiar with habu sake. I've never That's had the, it, but is that something to energize <laughs> you or something? Yeah, yeah, that's the snake wine. Again, that also, you know, is has a lot of that history from Southeast Asia and the tributary relationship that uh, the Yuki Kingdom had with China. All of that snake wine um, history and production practices have been have come to Okinawa. So we also have a snake wine uh, known as habushu. Hmm. But the habu, you know, the habu is uh, the indigenous snake. Uh, poisonous snake for here in Okinawa. Right. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, why, what is that? Why blue habu? Um, <laughs> it's just one of those, it's one of those Okinawa specific names that I thought sounded cool, but I didn't want to pick 
Oki something or Okinawa something. I, I, I thought that was overdone. So I was kind of wanted to be unique and original. Yeah, I really think it's very smart and cool thing because your logo on your website is a blue habu yeah, and yeah. then well, ocean, blue ocean of Okinawa yeah. too. So that really done. So okay, so uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Marisa. And I hope I can speak to you on the show again. Okay, thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikotema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Matt Patterson, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Banyates is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.